1: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ecommerce Masterplan Podcast. I'm Chloe, the creator and host of this multi-award-winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. Welcome to the fifth episode of our e-commerce growth series, sponsored by Clavio. Yes, this month we're bringing you two episodes a week, so please put us in the diary for Thursdays as well as Mondays. Now, each and every one of these episodes features a guest, or guests, handpicked by me to bring you different approaches to growing your e-commerce business. We are covering a lot of different topics this year, so make sure you listen to them all to make sure you're getting the best input for your business. In today's episode, we're taking a different angle to the growth equation. I'm talking to a retailer, wholesaler and product designer who's grown his business five times in the last few years by focusing on their sustainability and eco mission. Not only has embracing the circular economy led to huge growth for the business in recent years, it's also something we're all going to have to get to grips with if we want to continue growing our business for years to come, because it's becoming table stakes for the consumers out there. It's becoming something they just expect us to be doing. So before we get into that though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash Master plan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Dan Dicker is the Managing Director and Founder at Circular & Co, who manufacture and sell homewares with a conscience. Launched in 2003, they now achieve annual sales of £2.8 million. Hello, Dan.
2: Hi, Chloe. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
2: Yeah, yeah, very good. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Excellent. I'm looking I'm looking forward to getting into how you've been been growing the business and the mission behind it and, and various other things. But before we get get deep into that, how did you get into the world of e-commerce?
2: You know, traditionally as a business, we've been oh, nearly, we've been going nearly 18 years and I'm a bit of an old dinosaur when it comes to things like that. My background is product design. Um, and I think when I started the business, I sort of quite naively broached the business in quite an old traditional kind of wholesale-y kind of way. So back in 2003, that was predominantly how things were in those days, where you, you designed and made products and then you tried to sell them in to shops. Um, and that model actually worked pretty well and we didn't really need to stray from that. But I'd say in the last, really in the last sort of seven or eight, nine years, we've started to move into e-commerce. There's a lot of, lot of companies obviously have and I think even with more recently the events going on at the moment it's only too apparent that that is an area that I think everyone needs to move in and has to move into out of necessity. Um, So I'd say really really five six years ago we started to look at it uh, and one of the big drivers for us and I think one of the things we've really learned from it is that that old school wholesale kind of approach was great and it worked from a financial perspective but you it didn't involve talking and liaising with customers, you're the end people that you're trying to design these products for. You, you design a product and then and then try and sort of sell it into a buyer. Um, and if they liked it, you sort of went ahead and did it and you almost forgot to then talk to the actual people you were designing it for. So I think that move to an e-commerce sort of model has really, really helped from a design perspective as well. We suddenly engaged. With consumers, and you get feedback quite quite instantly now, which is really really good. You know, and that feedback can be negative as as well as (laughs) positive. So, you know, that it all helps, doesn't it? I think that closer you can get to the people that you're trying to help, then then all the better.
1: So, uh, kind of as a business, you were sort of forced by industry, you know, consumer habits and all the rest of it, that you had to get into e-commerce. But there's been some unexpected benefits.
2: Yeah. I think so. If I'm honest, I think it was something we thought um, the market is shifting that way, and we need to start moving into that. But yeah, there's been some huge benefits that I think at the time we didn't we didn't appreciate.
1: And the move to e-commerce, obviously, you know, you're saying it's it's given you a a closer link to your consumer, and you're now better able to design for them. Has it also helped the business? You know, the the Bold, you know, the straightforward financials. Has it been a good financial move for the business to to go into that direct to consumer model?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And not, you know, purely financially, the the margins are generally a lot better. Um, so you're you're working, you know, you're working. You're not a busy fool. Sometimes in wholesale, you can be a busy fool where you're strangled by margin. The, the volumes look great, but the margins quite low. Um, whereas wholesale, you know, direct to consumer and, and e commerce, you get better margins but um you also get tighter control of um even just stock inventory and and things coming in and out and knowing how to map out forecasts of what what where orders might come from and how they might come in so you can actually get more streamlined as well um you know and and that as we talked about that sort of interaction with with your own consumer also means that you can start to to plan ahead not from a, just a product design perspective but knowing where market trends are also heading um because if the closer you are to the people you're trying to design for the closer you understand them and then the closer you can also guide them as well i think a lot of companies fall foul for sort of you know they define marketing by listening to their end um, customer which is great but i think also people forget that it's one thing to listen, but it's another. I think it's another thing. The vital thing is to try and second guess what, what the next product might need to be mm. as opposed to just asking, asking them, you know, what do you like? It's almost you need to ask them well, or, or suggest things that they might like in the future. Um,
1: it is often the case that um, consumers don't necessarily know what they want. There is a role for us to, to show them what they want and to, to work out what they want and then to, to sell it back to them rather than just go, "What do you want?" <laughs> you know
2: Oh, absolutely. you know, and I'm showing my age now, but no, no one ever no one, if you'd have asked people when I was a lad, um, I think the Walkman was the classic when I was growing up. You know The Walkman was revolutionary. It was a way of listening to music as you were on the go, but before the Walkman is invented. And you just, you just said, how would you like to listen to music? No no one would have come up with, you know, whilst I'm on the go. It was just wasn't a thing. So, um, you know, I think sometimes you do, to really innovate, you have to sort of go beyond the, the obvious answers. And, and I think the closer you are to consumers and e-commerce gives you that platform, the, the, the better responses you're going to get. And people are very honest, we've found, from a, from an e-commerce perspective, if, um, if you put some ideas in front of people, you do get some pretty honest responses back. But good ones, you know, I think generally everyone's out to try and help and they value people who are trying to innovate and they respond well to that and they want to be part of that journey. Um, so, so, again, that direct link with 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 the people, e-commerce just gives you that link on a global level as well. You know, before e-commerce, you were, you were really just um, dealing with, as I say, sort of, Buyers in quite stuffy offices, uh, predominantly, predominantly in London, um, sort of saying, "Well, that, that's what we want." And you thought, "Well, how? how you know, no offence, but how do you really know what you know? That's what you want, but is it what the your buying public want?" And that kind of e-commerce gives you that option to sort of take out the middleman or the middle lady and just go straight to the consumer, um, which is a lot. It's also a lot more exciting.
1: Oh, well, let's let's let everyone know a few of the nuts and bolts of the business um, before we get deeper into getting to getting to grips with our customer. So, where in the world are you, Dan, and where are you selling to?
2: We are lucky enough. I was, I was, I was, there was a slight pause there because I'm looking out the window at a force nine gale and a howling and just horizontal rain. But we're based in Cornwall on the north coast of Cornwall, um, which is actually the predominant. Well, the only reason we set the business up, or I set the business up nearly 18 years ago, um, was because my wife and I wanted to move to Cornwall and be by the sea. Um, before then, I was designing for Dyson uh, and loving it, you know, a great place to design, um, quite inspiring. And, and I, I think if Dyson had offices by the coast, I'd
0: probably
1: still be <laughs> there now. <laughs> well, look to just to complete that picture and just uh, just give give the audience a slightly even bigger uh, insight into Cornwall. I too am in Cornwall, but I'm on the opposite coast to Dan, so I reckon I could drive to Dan's house in half an hour. And over here, it's been a very pleasant day. There's no wind at all. It's not raining, and it's actually been quite sunny. So that's Cornwall in a nutshell. And anyone who's ever been been here on holiday will know the joy of trying to outrun the rain. <laughs> <laughs> a bit. But I take us wildly off topic. So Dan, you're 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 here in Cornwall in the UK. Are you selling just to UK or are you selling worldwide?
2: We are selling worldwide, yeah. And the worldwide aspect is growing for us you know recently. It's one of our key areas to focus on from a growth perspective. So worldwide in the last couple of years has gone gone quite big. But so yeah it, it is a global setup. Both 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 from a sort of classic distribution and wholesale model and also the the e-commerce side as well. Um, And we have fulfillment centers that we're setting up uh, in the US um, and across Europe at the moment as well to try and service those markets a bit better. And then we have manufacturing facilities in different sort of continents as well to try and try and sort of, and I will go into it a bit later about the sort of circular mission we're on, but, but, but we're trying to design products made from waste materials, but it's, Imperative that those waste materials, um, you know, are collected, ideally in one country, processed, and then turned back into a product in that same country. So we're just trying to set up those kind of closed new closed loop production facilities worldwide as well.
1: Nice. And um, tell us a little bit about the product because all we've said so far is that it's homewares. So so tell us a little bit about the products you're selling.
2: We've got now about 50, 50 odd. Products and they are predominantly homewares, but um, they do range quite significantly. The the common themes I touched on is they're all made from waste materials. Um, So just to give you a couple of examples, uh, we do a range of indoor and outdoor pots that go from a a tiny little sort of succulent pot to uh, a pot that you can put a tree in, Uh, but they're all made from recycled milk bottles, Um, but they look really beautiful. And then we've got... A range of reusable cups um, and those cups are made from single-use paper cups so we, we recycle the used cup and turn it back into a reusable cup um, we do bird care made from you know bird feeders made from plant pots um, we've done loads of different projects as well so we we not only do only we only we not only do products for ourselves um that we we then look to market and sell but we also do products for other companies as well, um, and we kind of specialize in looking at a particular company's waste stream, and then we analyze their waste stream, and then we try to look at how we can again close the close the loop and and create products for them that are made out of their own waste, which is obviously it's getting a lot lot more popular. I think in the last sort of four to five years,
1: a very attractive thing to be doing right now, and. Are you, we've mentioned a couple of the, the the routes to market that you've got, but what platform are you selling via for the for the direct to consumer orders? So, is it a Shopify or a Magento? Are you on something bespoke?
2: Uh, WooCommerce. Our e-commerce setup is largely WooCommerce through our own website, um, and then our global sort of .dot com you know Salkinco com with distributors that we have in other countries. Um, everything sort of feeds off that com site, but then if if you say in Germany, um you'll be directed to the, the Germany site and then you obviously purchase um off the platform that's based in that in that country. So everything's been serviced from that country. Um, so you're effectively buying from the distributor in that country. So we sort of we sort of we spider it out as it were to different distributors. Um, and then ourselves you know, we've got the dot-com site, but we also sell on platforms as well. So we are on platforms such as Amazon, Not on the High Street, um, Etsy, um, a number of platforms like that, that, that are, again are getting more and more, more and more popular.
1: So just to clarify on the distributor's part, if I'm in Germany and I get directed to the distributor, is that the distributor running, for example, circularandco.de, or is that the distributor running... I'm a distributor.com and then selling it via their website.
2: It links as they want to place the purchase. So if if you um you'll be on our site and the site would be all in, you know, it would be .de and it would be all in German. Um, but at that point where you think I'd like to purchase one and you and you click buy now, it then diverts to the the sort of Shopify or WooCom- WooCommerce equivalent of that distributor's sh- shopping platform. Uh, and then you purchase off them directly,
1: and then they worry about the delivery, the dispatch, the packing, and all the rest of it. That's it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's a complex system. your direct to consumer, isn't it? <laughs> with the with the not on the high street, the Amazon, your own site, the distributors. It's not simple.
2: No, it's not. It's not simple. But actually, the way t- technology works now, it's rel. I'm say relatively straightforward. <laughs> if um, if certain members of our team were here now, they'd be looking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, the classic line, isn't it? But it's, re- it's, it's relatively simple, and there's a lots of software out there that can kind of help link it all up. Um, you know, we, we use a sort of operational software called Unleashed, and that's kind of our, that's kind of the, the bones of the operation. So all the orders come into Unleashed, and all the orders go out of Unleashed, and once the orders are complete, they then go on to a, our accounting software called Zero. Um, and they're all linked and synced up. So, um, to a large extent, it does work. You, you get, you know, we obviously get a few, a few problems where certain things aren't talking to each other correctly. But it, as a general rule, even on this sort of spider network we've got with different distributors, they all they all link back to Unleashed, and they all get processed as an order, and then and then closed off, and and um, I guess at the end of the day, invoiced and, and accounted for. So that there are systems out there that help help it all link together.
1: Yeah, because it would be it would be an awful lot of work for someone to try and tie all that up. But of course the software can do it seamlessly. But, um, Dan, we've we've alluded a number of times to the circular mission of the business. So do you want to let us know a little bit about why why it's so central to everything you do? And tell us a little bit more about it too, would be great.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we we're hugely passionate about the circular economy. You know, we've been we've been for nearly eighteen years designing products out of waste. Only really from a personal choice. It wasn't a clever strategy seventeen years ago that we thought this is the way the market's going to go. It was it was just a personal choice that we thought things could be done better um, with a product design background. It was like well, actually we could be making products out of waste materials. There is no excuse technically it could be done even 17 years ago so we just set off on that path it just so happens that the rest of the world has kind of caught up with that concept from a circular perspective and i guess they call it circular economy but but br- very briefly the circular economy is is largely about using today's waste for tomorrow's product it's not you don't have to do much googling at all to realize that we're going to be running out of our key resources in a fairly short space of time you know we we consume three planets worth at the level we're currently going at uh, and i think it's by 2050 that we're going to start running out of some really vital resources so i'm always struck and, and this is a personal frustration at the, at the sort of level of naivety to that fact you know t- to me it's obvious that something's got to change and, and very soon um We're going to hit a brick wall. So we have to start getting more from those items, those resources that we've already dug up. So the circular economy is about taking those products that we've already made and recycling them back into new products. But the key, you know, a lot of people say, well, isn't that just recycling? But actually the difference with the circular economy model is that every time you look to reuse that waste or that resource, that material, you try and increase its value and that's the key aspect, because because if you increase the value of that material, every cycle it goes through, then that's what drives a sustainable sort of economic model behind it. So by increasing the value, you increase the economics and the value chain behind that material. So a good example is a product that we do called a reusable cup. It's called a circular cup. It's made. I mentioned it's made from coffee waste. Um, sorry, single use coffee cups. Um, and. and to all intents and purposes, a single-use coffee cup is a, is a very low-value kind of throwaway item. I think people just treat it as, as rubbish. We're actually, if we collect it and process that into a reusable cup, we've we, I think it's we increase the value of that raw material, that paper, by 15 times. So a good example in the UK, before we launched the cup, Two years ago, there were one or two companies in the UK who were currently collecting single-use paper cups and trying to recycle them, predominantly because there was no money in it. But because we've increased the value of that raw material, there's now, I think on the last count, 18 companies that are proactively trying to get out there and collect cups because there's suddenly now value in cups. So the circular economy is all about trying to increase that value because then that's what stimulates the economics behind it. And I think that's what's key. So we're we're hugely passionate because we we see it as a real, proven and valuable solution to to this sort of crisis that we're in around around resource, um, and we're so hundred percent confident after being in the game nearly twenty years that that is a model that is going to work. We've we've completely and hundred percent hung our hat on it. That's all we do, and that's all we try and do as a company. Every time we design a product, it has to follow. The principles of a circular economy. Um, and if dare I say it, I think the reason why we're so confident that that is the way forward is, is, is because everyone's going to have to switch to that model because we are going to run out. It's, it's inevitable.
1: And do you think, I mean, it c- clearly, it's got to be far better to, you know, it's got to make so much sense if, if the, the business model is there. That's when people pile in like all those firms who are now recycling those, those paper cups. But do you, your, your business has achieved a lot of growth in recent years, like two, three, four, five times as big as it was five years ago. So, do you think that's down to this core mission? Do you think that's the, the defining factor that's led to the growth?
2: I think that probably accounts for half of it, and the, and the other half is we were lucky enough to design some very popular products that, that the market kind of wanted. The, the reusable cup is a good example, where a couple of years ago when we launched that, it was it was right at the point where, especially in the UK and Europe, and um, Australasia, they were they were very keen. The whole reusable. Um, I guess boom took off. Um and everyone, I think there were, especially in the UK, there were the, the Blue Planet series about the, the the plight of plastic in the oceans. Um and, and very quickly I think there's a huge movement, especially in across Europe, about how that had to be stopped and we had to change our buying habits and single use, you know, there was just no, no excuse for single use. I think was one of the, the sayings um and, and everyone fairly rapidly over literally over a space of a couple of months, decided that, that, that they had to try and eradicate single use and move to a reusable culture. And we, we kind of were lucky enough to time that just at the point we were launching some quite successful reusable products. So that, that did see some natural growth, uh, right product, right time. But I think overall, you know, I touched on the sort of this other part of our business where we work with bigger brands looking at trying to close the loop for them, um, you know, that side has grown massively in the last few years purely because i think there's this whole global movement towards that that model big big brands big global brands are now recognizing that that they need to become circular i think the era the era of just becoming neutral you know we all talked about being carbon neutral and trying to be you know neutralize Everything that a company was doing, you had to be trying to become sort of net zero, as it were. I think the bar's moved up from there. Now I think it's it's about trying to be positive. Neutral is no longer good enough. I think we have to start repairing and become positive. And one great way of doing that is the the circular economy model. So big, big industry and governments are hugely moving towards the circular economy. Um, so I, I'd, I'd recommend any, com- any company out there to start, you know, literally looking it up and start acting and trying to build those circular models into their business. Because I do think in five years' time, there'll be those, those companies that got ahead of the game and started to look at it and those that get left behind.
0: E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are.
1: Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS, and personalized website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot masterplan.
0: It's time for the top tips round.
1: Right, Dan, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So are you ready for the top tips?
2: Absolutely. I'm stretched off and ready.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, let, let's start with the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
2: Do you know what? I've got two answers. Is that all right? Is that, is that cheeky?
1: Two is okay. It's cheeky, but it's okay.
2: My first answer is going to be any book that takes you away from your business, even if it's for a split second, because I think that's invaluable as well. Any book that just escapes your business for even 10 minutes um, is one top tip. But the second, actually, if I'm going to get back to the circular economy, is a great, great book called Cradle to Cradle. It's like the, I guess it's the Holy Grail of, of you know, in each, each, each model like this, there's always that one book that seems to define it and everybody starts to read and follow and it's Cradle to Cradle. I think it's by William McDo- uh, McDonough. Uh, William McDonough, Cradle to Gradle. I recommend that as a read. If you want to get into the circular economy, get that book.
1: Excellent. I like both of those because a bit of headspace is always a good thing. And and I suspect a lot of those listening are going, I want to know more about the circular economy. And now everybody, you know how. Um, Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
2: I'm going to say, and I might sound a bit old school, because I, I guess I am getting old. But um, the, I think products, hands-on hands and products. Uh, and what I mean by that is I, I think there's all this, the obvious. There's the obvious ones in terms of a digital platform of how you can get your, your products and your mission out there. Um, but the less obvious, and I think underrated, but I think is still really, really valuable, is no, nothing beats people owning and interacting with your product and how that word of mouth then starts to pass on um and it and i think we can get carried away with key influencers and getting the right people to be seen using your product but actually nothing beats you know i i think for every one person who buys and interacts and owns your product i if it fits the right product i think they'll sell it to 10 15 other people easily and that kind of growth is huge if we could all get that kind of that kind of growth, then um, we'd all be happy. So, I'd say don't underestimate the power of just the product and what that can do for you.
1: I love that. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug-in, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day?
2: And I don't know why I'm saying this, but it sounds quite boring, but Teams... And I know it's almost an obvious one to say, but I really do, I really do sing the praises of Teams, Microsoft Teams, which it's we've started to adopt it a lot more like I guess everybody has in the current COVID climate, but actually it's been invaluable um not just not just a way of communicating, but it's a way of putting sort of uh segmenting different projects under one roof. And especially on a global enterprise, um, you know, we find that invaluable where we've got Certain um, groups that are for say a, a Australian distributor, and you can have all the conversation under one roof, as it were, and put all the files and everything you need there, so i think I think tip the top tip there would be teams. I think we've really really learned a lot from how that can help a business and and you know we're not we're not okay we're a global business, but there's only there's still only thirteen of us. You know, we're not a big company. There's not a huge amount of us, so we have to we have to be quite strategic about where we spread our, our resource. So any any tool that can just help help that is is invaluable, especially as a company tries to grow.
1: Yeah, anything which can keep things tidy for you, a bit like um, the uh, Unleashed software we were talking about earlier can only be a good thing. Okay. The growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them?
2: My number one tip would be having patience. Um, I think the way you really get good growth on e-commerce is to be a mission-based company rather than push the product and the hard sale. I think people nowadays see through that pretty much instantly. Um, and if you try and force a sale down someone's throat, they, they won't take it. It has to be a slow burner. So I'd say have, have patience, except it's going to take a while. I think for us, really, if I'm honest, it sort of took almost like a year to sort of build up a following. Um, people need to people need to believe in you as, as a business, as a company. Um, and want to follow you and be interested in you. And it's then they start to engage with your products and buy your products. So I'd say don't, don't rush. Don't try and force it, except it's going to take a bit of time. Um, and I'd look to go down that. I'd call it the, the mission-based company as opposed to just a, a product-based.
1: I love it. Dan, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please?
2: The website is, is the most informative. It's circularandco.com. That's our global site. And then on social media, it's at circularandco.
1: Nice and straightforward. Like it. Uh, well, look, Dan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been really insightful getting to understand a bit more about the circular economy, um, uh, but, but also so, you know, your, your real focus there. It's been really interesting. So, thank you very much for coming on.
0: No
2: pleasure. Thank you very much, Chloe.
1: So this month, we are adding rather a lot of ideas and things to your to-do list. Here on eCommerce Masterplan, we've got our eight episodes of the eCommerce growth series sponsored by Klaviyo. And over on Keep Optimising, we're covering four foundational areas that you need to get right. So there's a lot of stuff coming your way this month. Therefore, in the first week of February, we are going to be hosting a very special 2021 planning webinar. I will be covering setting your goals for the year, a couple of systems you can follow to help you work out what you should actually do to hit those goals. And there's gonna be a few tips around getting organised as well, because if you're not organised, it ain't gonna happen. Now, Whilst to some of you that might not sound sexy, it is going to be really powerful for helping you take everything you're learning here and in the other things you listen to and read and so forth into an actual plan that's actually going to help you create that success in 2021. It's happening the first week of Feb, which means you can get Christmas and the January sales fully out of your system before we do it. And you can save your space for free right now by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash webinar. Now, this has been the fifth episode in our 2021 e-commerce grocery sponsored by Klaviyo. That means we're over halfway through now. Have you listened to them all? What great ideas have you had? I'd love to know. You can do that via social email, etc. Next up um, on Thursday is going to be an episode on the detail of how to get from 500,000 turnover to 1 million turnover, the mindset shifts, the different ways you need to run your business. Um, It's no holds barred. You're going to get some really straightforward answers on how to make it happen for your business. So make sure you listen to that one on Thursday. Now, I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners you know about what we're up to this month because I would love to help them too. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimising.